Bless up for tuning in to Project Cheney. Magic happens when you question everything. Conspirituality becomes reality, weirdness is welcomed, and it's okay to change your mind. Big up yourself. Big up yourselves. Welcome back to another episode of Project Cheney. As always, I am Cheney, and I am happy to be hanging out with you today. I miss you guys. Some of you have found me in other places, and I love when you give me a shout out and let me know you're there. I've been on a few lives, and I love seeing you guys in the chat room. I have uh, my own like shadow work imposter syndrome, and when I see you guys, it makes me like, ah, I'm relaxed. I have friends in the room, so thank you for always showing up. I also had a bunch of people reach out to me uh, about my last episode, and it's always surprising to me the stuff that strikes a chord and what my intentions were when I was saying the thing and how it's usually like, you know, if I'm being a proper instrument of source, what comes through me is never what my intentions are. And I told you guys that I was a premature baby and that I was in an incubator and uh, my lungs collapsed right when I was born. And this hit a chord with so many people. And the loveliest comments that I got and received were compliments from people that I gave words to the relationship with their child and some understanding of their child from just saying that maybe being in an incubator right when I was born really messed up my sleep schedule. And uh, there's just... And even my amount that I don't really like to be touched or I don't find it doesn't give me the security that it would a normal person because I wasn't touched for the beginning of my life like a baby should be. And when I hear from adults that I just gave words to a kid uh, that might not have the words, it's really the best compliment that I could get. It's part of the reason that I'm really trying to heal is so that I can find words and yeah for you guys so we don't traumatize kids anymore the adults but to find words for children um that maybe makes their route easier or maybe gives them an adult some understanding of them that touches my heart in this beautiful beautiful way that um yeah it's really the greatest compliment i could get I feel like that's what we should all be doing here. That's how a community or a tribe or a place gets better is because there used to be the philosophy that we planted trees that we would never feel the shade of. And I think we should do that with ideals and ideas and spirit and community. And um, yeah, somewhere it got lost in generations. And I used to be bitter at those generations. But now I understand that they were just brainwashed too and they were just running on their programming. So all we can do, you know, when you're quote unquote waking up to this, um, 
shit show <laughs> that we're all living in is uh, be honest with ourselves and be honest with each other and be honest with our kids. I don't think it's necessarily a good thing to tell your kids about Santa Claus. I think this is a really detrimental thing for children to learn about a myth and then you're going to try to teach them about spirit after that. And the idea that a guy comes through a tr chimney who watches them all the time and good little boys and girls get presents. That means rich little boys and girls get more presents. That means poor little boys and girls are always bad little boys and girls. And obviously we know like the Santa and the Coca-Cola and the big push and the JP Morgan and the Rudolph and how it's all just a big story put on our country for another Hallmark holiday. I've heard parents say things like, well, I teach my kids about Santa for their imagination. Well, how is adding a story helpful to their imagination? How is lying to your child helpful to the imagination? And it was a lie that you were forced to keep at one time. And if your kid finds out about it or is clever about it at the beginning or tells somebody else in school about it, like that's not allowed. So you're, everybody forces everybody else to lie about the secret of Santa Claus for everyone. And everybody doesn't see the parallels of then walking your little brain into a religion afterward. And that now you're asked with all the same energies, you just put on a man in a red suit that has elves in the North Pole and uh, <laughs> like the amount of symbology that goes into this thing. And you don't see how it lines up with so many different religions or gods. And that the idea that you're asking a little kid brain to accept this one thing, sometimes you're asking that little kid brain to accept them both at the same time. And uh, for what? To what end? For what purpose? I know I don't have children, and if you taught your kids about Santa out there, and I'm totally off base on this, please write me, hit me up. You can hit me up at projectchaney at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Project Cheney or Cheney Project. You can find me at Cheney underscore in underscore Wonderland on Instagram or Project Cheney on Instagram. Or you can just go to projectchaney.com and hit any of the links and write me because I really want a good argument here. Why in the F is anyone teaching their kids about Santa Claus anymore? And we won't even get into the ritual of the pagan tree or lighting up your house or doing, we won't even get into the ritual of all that because maybe there's some beauty there and we can, you know, debate that at a later date. But can we just start with Santa Claus? What the F? <laughs> Santa Claus is a mental vaccine. You're sticking an idea into your kid's head to create a conundrum forever. And you know what else you probably did that's the most dangerous thing? To me, it seems dangerous. And maybe if I had a kid, maybe I'm different. I don't want my kid to ever think I'm going to lie to them. Ever, ever, ever. I want my child, if I ever had a child, to always know that the words that came out of my mouth to them were truth. And that's the number one thing, maybe. Take away any of the spirituality or any of the imagination or any of the myths or any of the Black Fridays, people getting crushed to get presents. Take away all this. I just want my kid to know I'm always going to tell them the truth. 
that should matter somewhere. Maybe it does this weird thing like a mental circumcision where what are you doing? Why are you just taking the tip of your child's penis off? Is that the exact same? Are you mentally taking your child's imagination tip off by giving them a lie from you so early? I know. Should I just walk right into circumcision in this? I mean, I might as well. Why are you guys mutilating your sons? So they look like their father? But aren't we supposed to be learning from mistakes? There is no logical reason you should be cutting the hood of your son's clitoris off. Oh, wait, that sounds too drastic. That's what your circumcision is. I just think of a tiny little baby. And we're not even going to go into a moyle. We're not even going to talk about a brisk. We're not even going to talk about this other stuff that if you're just holding your little baby, why in the fuck would you traumatize your little child by clipping the end of its genitalia off? There's no logical reason for it. It seems sick to me. It seems sick in a way that you're just so... How are you cutting the tip of your son's penis off on one side and then on the other side getting upset about a trans debate? Like, to me, all that shit is mixed together in my brain. Like, they're forcing you guys to do fucking rituals on your fucking children and you're just playing right along. Why are they shoving vitamin K in your child's eyes? Why are they giving them a hepatitis B shot? And this is just at birth. This is not to do with taking away the ritual that they convince you that you're sick and that you have to have your baby in a fucking hospital instead of being at home with your lover with his arms wrapped around you and you guys breathing new life into the world together. I don't know, man. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't have kids. So... You guys can say, well, it's different, Cheney, if you had kids. Um, maybe. Maybe. I wouldn't be sticking all the needles in my kids so they could go to a Rockefeller education system. Yeah. There's a lot of things I'd be doing different. And, you know, all this being said, you can only judge yourself for the information you have at the time. I'm not saying all this stuff to make you guys feel guilty about all the vaccines that you gave your kids and the bad education and letting weird doctors clip their penises off. But maybe I am a little bit. Because now maybe if you know better, you do better. And we have so many aspects of our reality that we really need to do better by our kids. And how are we going to play along I mean, with really even selling them the idea of Christmas at this time at the end of the year that everybody has to get gifts and this pressure and this weird thing. What is this? What are we doing to our society that we're leaving the dinner table on Thanksgiving, a holiday we're not allowed to celebrate either because, you know, Indians. Oh, wait, we're not allowed to call them Indians. You know, indigenous. Uh, Spirit of the Indy is what indigenous means, so it's the same word. Yeah, I know, but it it will change it again in 10 years when we call indigenous people racist. Oh, Cheney, it's not indigenous people anymore. It's native. Um, Oh, it's not that anymore. It's first American, first person. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. (laughs) I can't. 
I can't. What are we doing here? What in the hell? Everybody's just like, I don't know. I even think I'm a little naive. <laughs> but if I were to have a kid, I, uh, sperm is recreated in the body. Like, let's say it's recreated every 74 days. I would do a 90 day ritual with my man and together everything we took in our bodies, food and, um, media and sex and energy and meditation and prayer. We do this together for 90 days. And during that time, what his sperm was creating inside his body in 90 days, um, I would be healing and doing work for myself that obviously I'd been doing before this 90 days and I'm going to continue to do afterward. But I'm going to take on the responsibility of understanding that this isn't just my eggs in my body. But when I, if I have a daughter, I'm also taking care of her eggs in my body. So it's so important that the energy of these eggs are perfect for the sperm that they're about to meet. And so we do this 90 day ritual together. And then we have we pick a date, maybe on a new moon or maybe on a full moon dependent. And um, that would be our conception date for our kid. And we plan it out for the 40 weeks later on our kid's birthday, 40 weeks. Yeah, 40 weeks later. I'm like 40 weeks. That seems so long all of a sudden, like 40 weeks. <laughs> Um, but I would do a whole ritual around it. And I think it's so beautiful. It makes me so sad that the medical industry has taken away how beautiful the dad's role is in the birth process. Like for a father to be able to get into the tub and sit with his legs and arms around his lady and she's breathing and he's helping her breathe by keeping pace of her breath. And they, you know, when she reaches down and pulls her own child out, he gets to witness that. And then they're both in the pool of the placenta. I just think there's this whole magical, magical experience that men and women could be having in the creation of their child for so much more than just like let's get wasted and fuck and it's probably even bad and you know you barely got off and then you passed out drunk and I went and puked in the bathroom and we made a baby <laughs> like I think there's so much situations that people it's maybe the highest magic you're creating a life how are you not taking it more seriously how are you not taking it like it's all the responsibility you have for it. This part of this and realizing what I would do, it makes me jealous in this moment that I'm not straight, but I was also jealous. <laughs> I was talking to my Maria this week and, uh, I was jealous that I didn't have a penis for the first time this week because I've been laughing and throwing around the idea that I would be the best Mormon ever. And so, you know, I'm a contrarian. So I was fantasizing this idea about Mormons, which I have this whole Mormon philosophy that's totally different than this. But how I got here in my stupid brain making myself laugh is if I'm at the right dude, if I was a Mormon lady... And I'm at the right dude. And he knew who I was, but I also knew who he was. And I would be like, look, let's get married and I'll be the best first wife. 
and then we'll decide on all the other wives together. Um, I don't really want to be the woomer. Um, I, you know, would have been if we were younger, but um, I feel like my husband could have twice the size harem of all the other Mormon husbands if we were polygamous because I would help my husband out taking care of the ladies. I would be like his house manager, but also maybe some of the ladies I would hook up with. (laughs) And so I had this whole ridiculous idea of, gosh, I really miss my calling by not being a Mormon first wife. And uh, (laughs) like big love, like uh, (laughs) maybe in my next lifetime, I'll be a polygamous Mormon. (laughs) It's so ridiculous. I don't even know how I got to that part of the conversation. (laughs) What an asshole. Oh, shit. I should look at my notes now if I'm already here in the Mormon. Oh, I know what I was talking about. I was jealous that I wanted a penis. (laughs) Oh, shit. So um, I think soaking Mormon, if you don't know what this is in the Mormon culture, uh, they aren't allowed to have sex, but apparently they've made this loophole where they're allowed to soak. And so soaking is where a Mormon man puts his penis into a female's vagina and then they lay still. They're not allowed to wiggle or anything, but in some aspects of soaking, their friends will come in the room and either get under the bed or get on the bed and they shake the bed to stimulate movement. So the couple is not actually having sex. (laughs) Isn't this the craziest concept ever? Okay. So I was thinking soaking, take it out of the religious form altogether. If I had a penis, I'm definitely going to fall asleep with my penis inside my woman. And then if I had like a nocturnal admission or something, then um, wouldn't that be so cool if she had a dream baby? Like if we both fell asleep and we were in the astral or etherical realms and then um, I totally have a wet dream and come inside my partner and we have a dream baby. Is this possible? I don't know. This was my idea that I had of soaking it and I was very jealous of not having a penis because I was like, we would have to fork or spoon in just the right way and we would definitely be trying this out. So I don't know if that this is a amazing thought or a shitty thought. You guys will have to reach out to me out there because obviously I'm a lesbian and I don't have a penis and I'm never going to get soaked by a penis. But the idea of having a penis and soaking a woman... It makes me do the Italian kiss chef hand. (laughs) Maybe that's a bit much for you Um, just in the first 18 minutes in. But you're here and you know how my podcast is. (laughs) We go all over the place. We could be talking about um, mud floods one minute and then just uh, Mormon soaking the next. (laughs) Oh, shit. Let me look at my thing and see what I have going on. Um. There was some UFC fights, some fun UFC fights. I'm doing really good on my picks. If you follow me on Twitter, I try to put out my UFC picks every Saturday before the fights and uh, they're killer. You can do some parlay bets off my picks and make yourself some money. I actually had somebody that wrote me over the weekend and they said, just for shits, I picked one of your bets off your card and um, they bet like two or three dollars and made like 47 bucks. So they were like, holy cow. And I'm like, I'm telling you, I'm good at this. Mm. But uh, 
Charles Dubronx Alavera lost his title to Islam Makhlchev. Um, them Dagestani boys are the real deal. That was definitely one of the fights I got wrong. I thought Charles Oliveira had done the most amount of growth that I'd seen a UFC fighter have maybe since I've been watching. And I thought he was kind of an unbeatable guy, like maybe one of the best in the UFC right now, if not the best. So seeing Islam Makhlchev from Dagestan come in and just handle him, especially on the ground, it lets me know like, those Dagestani boys are the truth. And that Sambo is no joke. And Islam is the real deal. And maybe he does. He's all of Khabib, maybe with better hands. I don't know. So I will not bore my entire audience with a bunch of UFC talk. But there was some amazing fights at UFC 280 this past weekend. If you haven't started watching UFC or MMA, I really highly recommend it. It's pretty amazing. I think it's a great hobby for a lot of people to take up as well. The amount of aspects of different mixed martial arts. Um, discipline is a really good thing. Building community is a really good thing. Flexibility is a good thing. Strength is a good thing. Blah, blah, blah. And all those come from that. So that's not a free plug, but it's a free plug. <laughs> Join an MMA gym. Let's see what else I have going on here. Um, you know, I think I did, I have notes everywhere now. I don't know why I'm not an, as organized as I used to be, but I have been texting myself things. Oh, you know, the NFTs, I've brought it up on the show before how I just never bought into it. I always thought, thought there was something like bullshit about it. And I always felt like it was uh, just one way, like good marketing on one cryptocurrency was like this NFT is only offered in this cryptocurrency. But I have this new theory now on NFTs. And uh, I was actually, it was Logan Paul, Paul's podcast. Uh, and he has a guy on there that they call Big Mike. And Big Mike had one of the board eight, yeah, Ape Yacht Club NFTs. And uh, when the crypto market crashed, the NFT values crashed as well. And so I was thinking, isn't changing your crypto to an art and taking a loss on it, is it the same as taking a loss on real life art? So, because I have this whole theory that art is nothing but um, money laundering and, uh, you know, you can take a loss every single year on your, you never have to tell the government how much you made if you have a couple of few art pieces and get them in praise, then you can always take a loss on your art. So if all these celebrities, if, if the powers that be knew they were going to crash the crypto markets at a certain time, wouldn't it behoove them to create a certain NFT so that all the certain key players that are playing along could have it so when the markets dipped, they could claim a loss? I don't know if I'm making any sense here, but there's definitely something with the way the media pushes certain of these NFTs on us. And I really think NFTs altogether were a big fucking bust. Like... <laughs> I just don't think they're going to do what, like, I almost think they were maybe one of the stupidest investments of all time. I don't think they're ever going to do what people think they're going to do, which is making me think of AI art right now. And I think AI art is even lying to us. It's showing us that this is how the computer thinks 
because the computer actually thinks a lot better than that. The computer actually puts out a lot better images than that. But as long as we think it like this, it gives us this superiority complex over the computer still by thinking the computer can't draw hands. The computer can't make faces. That doesn't really look like Joe Rogan, the humunculus, Joe Monculus. That doesn't really look like Joe Monculus. <laughs> I don't know. The AI art's creeping me out. It's everywhere and I can't quite figure out what it is we're doing by giving it the information we're giving it by titling these things. And everybody's doing it right now and everybody's putting in stuff into this AI art. And it's not even giving us the option to like, do we like this or not like this? Is this as close what you asked for or not? You know, like it's not gathering any information back from us on what it gives us the same way that it would like a CAPTCHA. Um, so it doesn't know, like, am I doing a good job here? Did you see that this road is really a road and this fire hydrant's really a fire hydrant? You're not checking the boxes, so it's never getting anything back. Like, does this AI art look like what you asked for? So I'm just so curious still. Hit me up. What do you guys think? Because, you know, they don't give us anything for free. If anything for free, then we're the commodity. So what's with the AI art and what are they trying to do with it? They can't be ruining art, can they? I don't know. Electronic never took away the guitar, did it? Did the guitar take away the harp? I don't know. Different debates. I don't even know where my head's going right now. What am I talking about? Okay. Um, I told you about the... Did, did, did. I found that uh, dolphin, Mint Delphi which is also pod or womb. I thought that was interesting since you can have a water birth around dolphins and apparently they'll take away your pain. I don't know if that's true or not. If you've had a dolphin birth out there, please hit me up and let me know. Um, yeah, uh, I want to hate on Joe Rogan for a second and I still, in my community... There is a lot of Rogan worship still where people have this fascination with Joe Rogan or that they have this like pipe dream that one day I'm going to be on Joe Rogan. One day I'm going to hit the level of success that I'm going to be on Joe Rogan. And there's no difference to me than sitting on like Jay Leno's couch, which would have been Johnny Letterman's couch, which would have been it's like Joe Rogan is the new Oprah. Oh, I hope that I can get my product in Oprah's favorite thing bag. I hope I can get my book on Joe Rogan. It's and I don't understand how people can't see that he is totally 100% part of the narrative pushers. Every single person we talk about in the zeitgeist from Kanye to Elon Musk is on Rogan and they're on Rogan pushing the narrative before it gets here 100% of the time. There's such a danger with the people that think they watch Rogan think they're legitimately smarter than other people. It's a danger to me. It's a danger like the amount of bullshit products that this guy pushes out and everybody still gives him this kudos. But you know who the new Rogan is because Rogan's getting figured out. 
and he's a you know he's a little too Texas now. He's a little too Dan Crenshaw. He's leaning a little too into this Southern man idea that they got to keep their narrative tight. So the liberal New York Joe Rogan is turn your phone to the side. I'm Andrew Schultz, and sometimes I talk like I have a really heavy Brooklyn accent, and sometimes I talk normal. But if you notice, my mouth always looks like I'm acting. I was on VH1, the boy code or man code or whatever code, and now I have a bunch of podcasts, and I ride Charlemagne the God's coattails. And so I'm going to talk about Kanye and I'm going to talk about all these topics and I'm going to mock Candace Owens about, oh, yeah, we were all saying that for the last six months. Uh, No, Andrew Schultz, we were all actually saying that for the last five years. So please stop trying to act like your narrative is somehow better than Candace Owens narrative or somehow better than Kanye West narrative. And so I'm watching you unravel right now because you're getting this online hate you thought. Kanye West coming out and saying something about Zionist Jews or saying something about Hollywood or saying something about this, you were just going to be able to easily ride on. Yeah, we hate hate. No, New Yorker. No, New Yorker. You're so out of touch, dude. Why don't you go do more drugs with your friends at Burning Man? You literally, you cannot be a person living in New York, having Chinese police officers walk the streets of your city And you're having the audacity to talk about Kanye? Turn your phone to the side. Why don't you tell people about the Chinese communist government walking the lands of the land you call your home? Why don't you tell them about that, Andrew Schultz? Hey, Andrew Schultz, why don't you tell them about that? Why don't you pick one person of each race and put it on your podcast so you can sit back like the white guy you are and now have every opinion to say? Because now you're safe to say it because I got a black guy in the room and an Indian guy in the room and a Jewish guy over there. So now I can say everything I want to say. And it's even cooler than Joe Rogan because I'm actually as tall as two Joe Rogans. Uh, Andrew Schultz. Why didn't we hear Andrew Schultz talk about Governor Cuomo killing your grandmas. He wants to talk about right now like, oh, I'm going to come on and apologize. And I'm not going to apologize. I'm just going to say your mom can suck my dick or whatever his new video is. And I'm like, oh, really? My mom can suck your dick? How about your governor can kill my grandma? How about you don't say anything about that? There's never a turn your phone to the side until Joe Rogan said it was okay to talk about ivermectin because we all take uh, our orders from little Joe Rogan. I don't know. Schultz. Schultz is an interesting last name, but I will leave that there for that conversation since I just went off in your guys's ear with my, hey, that's what happens if I put a mustache on. <laughs> that's literally my voice. <laughs> I used to have a man cave in one of the houses I lived in. And uh, it was People could smoke out there and play video games and it was out in the garage and it was just like beanbags and papas on chairs kind of vibe, you know, little refrigerator, like man cave. And we would sit out there and sometimes uh, I lived in a house at the time and uh, I think it was all women at the time. I did have a house of rotating roommates and sometimes there was men living there and sometimes women. But I think at this time it was all women. And uh, I had a whole bunch of mustaches, you know, those packs of mustaches that you can get hanging right by the door. And for some reason, it was funny to me if women came into my man cave that they had to put a mustache on. So 
they would have to put a mustache on and I would also make them make up a character because you don't even mean to. But the second you put a mustache on, a voice comes out of you of like your father's friend, like somebody you knew from your childhood. There's a whole character around this mustache that will come out. So um, every one of my friends had one and some of my friends were really good at it. I had a one friend named Jess and she was so cute like everything about her she had big huge curly hair and just like a little killer body and just fun style but when she put a mustache on (laughs) she looked like that picture of Einstein with his big hair and he's like staring there there used to be if you're out there and you've been in a college dorm you know exactly what picture of Einstein I'm talking about where his mouth's open and his eyes are big um My friend Jess, she put her mustache on and she looks so much like this poster, which I actually had hanging in my man cave that she was so rad. I loved it so much of her and her mustache and I made her take the picture that she blew up the picture of her, turned it black and white. So then it hang in my man cave. It hung in my man cave next to the one of Albert Einstein. Um, Yeah, it was fun. I think you guys should all try on a mustache sometime in the next week because they are floating around at these Halloween stores and whatnot, and you should figure out what your mustache character is. And this is not just for ladies. This is men, too. A lot of men out there have never had a mustache or they shave down, you know, when they're cutting their beards or whatever, and so they'll, like, um, have a Fu Manchu, and then they'll cut it down, and they'll have a Tom Selleck, and then they'll cut it shorter, and maybe they'll have a Hitler. Uh I definitely think that everybody should create this character and my character with a mustache has a voice like this and I talk like my fake voice that I'm talking about Andrew Schultz and then maybe I would sell you a car. I would sell you a car with this voice and then when you drove off my lot with the car, the wheel would fucking fall off. That's how I feel about Andrew Schultz and if you saw my hand, I almost need to put this on video. This makes me want to go live on YouTube or at least record myself so I can show you guys and upload the video to YouTube. So you can see my hand just like Andrew Schultz because for some reason when he talks, he likes to have his hand, if you ever do a shadow puppet of a dog into a shadow and you make the mouth bark, he likes to have his pinky hang down off the rest of his hand like that. Like he's about to do a shadow puppet and the the dog just has a broken jaw. That's Andrew Schultz's hand. (laughs) You guys got a whole story about mustaches in my man cave just so that I could repeat another Andrew Schultz. <laughs> oh, so I could do my another Andrew Schultz impression. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am going to upload to YouTube soon. If you haven't gone over to YouTube and hit the like and subscribe on my channel, right now I just have some appearances that I've been on other people's shows and I try to anytime remember, add it to that appearance, but I am going to start uploading stuff. I get weird. I can't even imagine like right now, if the camera was on me the whole time, if I would, if it would break my train train of thought, or if I'd actually get used to it when I'm with other people, it's super easy for me to forget about the eye of the camera because I can just look at them and uh, not really think about myself so much. But if it was just me on the camera and I have to look at my stupid face, I don't know. But not that I have to look at it. I've learned some tips uh, where people can press record on themselves and then kind of move it off the screen. 
but for production value and the way I'd want it to look. And if I was talking, if I was going to put my stupid face on there anyway, it's not a stupid face. It's a perfectly fine face. I'm not hating on myself. Um, if I'm going to put my head up on there anyway, I would also like to be able to share my screen and put up some of the other stuff I'm talking about or other pictures or other. So it's like something I have noticed about myself over the last year is perfectionism is the enemy of my progress. And sometimes my ideas get so big, but it's not perfect and bigger and not perfect and bigger and not perfect. And then I can never do it. And I used to watch other people run with certain ideas that I had and it used to make me mad in a way. But now I realize ideas are floating through the ether all the time. And you're the one with the gumption or you don't have it. You're the one that runs with the idea or you're not. You're the one that has the million dollar idea or two years from now you're walking through the store and you pick up something off the shelf and you're like, holy shit, this was my idea. Yeah, that should validate that you have million dollar ideas and you just need to have a little more gumption. So um, even sometimes the things that people talk about where you're like, you know, they'll send you an article or send you a, a theory or send you an idea and you're like, yeah, bitch, I know. I've been talking about this forever. Like, this is triggering. Haven't you listened to a fucking word I said? I've literally been talking about this forever. Like, I see this whole thing going around right now where they're like, the AI can't read cursive. Oh my gosh, you guys, this is so novel. The AI can't read cursive. And I'm like, uh... I mean, I know I've been saying this on podcasts before I even had Project Cheney. And I know if you listen to this podcast somewhere in all these rants and stuff, I have been pressing cursive, the alchemy of cursive, the way the computer can't read cursive, the way that it's like literally your energy going into the writing of cursive. And now it's this novel idea. And it triggered me this week. <clears throat> like, What? Are you guys just fucking paying attention? What? And then I was like, it's not my idea. It's the truth. It's the truth. And it resonates. It's not your idea if it's the truth. And it resonates. It's not your idea. We're all leveling up. We're all healing. We're all a hundred monkeys attached quantumly in ways we could never even fucking fathom to understand in this lifetime. And so when you see something out there or if somebody gets something out there and you're not the one that told it to them or you're not the one that quote unquote woke them up in the moment, maybe you are the one that planted the seed and maybe somebody else got to harvest the fruit or maybe you didn't plant the seed that you thought you did and maybe you didn't get to harvest the fruit that you thought you should deserve to harvest but it doesn't mean there's other people out there you didn't plant the seed for. And it doesn't mean there's future people coming that you won't get to harvest their fruit. But for myself personally, I'm yelling at myself when I say this. It's not your idea if it's the truth. Your instrument was just sharp enough or clear enough or ready enough to resonate with the truth. And the more truth that you hear and the more your eyes are ready to see it, it will be everywhere. And yeah, 
Maybe it is your idea. If an idea is this thought that enters your brain, did it enter your brain first? This thought? Are you the first one in the realm to think about the ring? <laughs> I don't know. <clears throat> so maybe we all could do a little better at getting our egos out of the way when we're like, I know I told you that. I know I already knew that. Oh, I know. Well, maybe just shut the fuck up and let them finish because I guarantee you what happens to me all the time, the more I've shut the fuck up and let other people talk. They teach me shit all the time and they expand things that I didn't even know were going to be a thing until they started talking. And sometimes what else I've even noticed, which is so beautiful so beautiful is my running yap trap has its 10,000 hours and being a running yap trap. My words attach to my brain quick. My words don't attach to my heart as quick. Sometimes when my words attach to my heart, it makes tears come out of my face. <laughs> Sometimes when my uh, words attach to my heart and head and its source, tears come out of my face and it's a whole different energy. But I have my 10,000 hours of talking and I am getting better at it every day. And I've had a job where I've talked on the radio in life and I've done stand-up comedy and I've managed big, huge things where I had to use my words a lot. And I've been on the microphone for a long time. And a lot of you out there, you give me these amazing compliments and you let me know how my words affect you or how uh, good I am at expressing myself sometimes. And, and right now in this moment, as I'm saying that, I'm like struggle city trying to pull <laughs> words out of my brain to speak. But one of the real beautiful things that I've noticed in like the last two years of my journey and I say that like the last two years, well, maybe a little more is because that's when like the Telegram chat rooms came into play and maybe even maybe some Instagram chats and things like that. <clears throat> and so I started to get to hear people who aren't content providers speak their mind. And I started to get to hear people who aren't quote unquote good with their words get to speak their mind and I started to get to hear people who maybe never would ever speak in a room of people build up enough courage after enough days and enough hours all spent together in a room to say hello and to have an idea to have a philosophy or a thought or something to share something to share and I've gotten to watch these humans gather their 10,000 hours and yammering their own yap traps and I've gotten to witness their words come together so beautiful and them get better at expressing themselves and their humor come in and then their sincerity and their elegance and it's just I think part of our 10,000 or part of our 100 monkeys is 
these 10,000 hours that we put in to become an expert at any one thing, it makes those things innate traits in all of us. And so the better we all get at expressing ourselves and using our words, it, it, it heals all of us and it gives us all the opportunity to have the words to use and to get better at using those words and more confident at using those words. And so I feel really blessed that coming here sometimes, I go through all this shadow work to get on the mic, to just sit alone and be with you guys. But when I'm in my chat rooms with my friends or and some of you out there listening, you know, we've had the pleasure of hanging out in a chat. Uh, it's I don't know if it's different or if it feels just like this. But I know sometimes when I get to sit back and hear certain people take the floor and they get lost in the flow state of their own thoughts and their own words and I get to witness it. It's one of my favorite things. And so I'm proud of you guys out there for taking the chance to have the words in your real life and the chat rooms and the social media online. Because no matter how much we might hate it, it's here. And you can say the computer and the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagram, they're all here to take away from us. But a lot of us have found each other through these means. And a lot of us have found a lot of great information through these means. And a lot of us have found some cool communities and some cool ideas. And, you know, some of us have changed our lives because of these online things. So sometimes when things might seem like they're, oh, this is all evil. No, we're here. If we're here, then miracle can always happen. Good can always be taken over. Glittery red pills for everyone. <laughs> I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad you guys are all finding your words. Uh, a t-shirt I want to make for Project Janie. And, you know, I have t-shirts every episode, but here's my one I'm thinking about. And I just don't know what symbol I'm going to use yet because I don't want to use the Thelema like uh, triangles. And if you know what I'm talking about, there's a symbol for Thelema and it says like, I am the magician, I am the illusion or something like that. It's like a Thelema saying, I want one for Project Cheney. And I don't know if I want like an iPhone upside down. I need to figure out the two shapes so I can have it look enough like the Thelema. But I want it to say, I am the synchronicity. I am the algorithm. Because you are the fucking synchronicity. You are the fucking algorithm. You're the butterfly flying in your yard right now. You're the shooting star that you may witness. You're the numbers on your stove clock. You're the picture that just refreshed on your Instagram you are all these things you're attached to all these things every object everything you can be attached to it as you want to be and yeah the algorithm could know it how did it know I was just thinking about that I was talking about that to somebody and I didn't even mention it yeah you could think it's all evil and it's just advertising or you could think you have a crystal ball in your hand that sometimes has messages for you. Have you looked up your phone pictures yet? This is something we like to play and I might have said it here. Have you deltaed your own phone yet? There's a QAnon thing and they call it checking the deltas, which in a couple of days, 
Friday is the five-year anniversary of Q of 17. And uh, there's a thing that Anon say, checking the deltas, where you go back in whatever source you use for Q and you put in today's date. So if it's like, you know, October 26th, you would put in OCT26 and be able to pull up everything that has that date in it. Or you would put in 1026 and pull up the exact Q post for uh, 1026. And there's a whole bunch of ways that people think it works. A lot of people don't know how the maps work at all. And so when I say we delta Q, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So that's what a delta is. You can look that stuff up. Um, but a thing that I think is really cool is that you can go into your phone and delta your own pictures. If you have an iPhone, I don't know how Androids work, but there's usually a box at the top left-hand corner that says one year ago. But don't do one year ago. Put in the date, put in October 26th in your phone. How many pictures do you have there? Some things you screenshot and you didn't even know what they were for. Some things might be so synchronistic to what I'm saying today. I could say pink flamingo and you might send me a picture today that you're like, Cheney, I looked at my deltas and on 10-26-2020, I took a picture of a pink flamingo and I have no idea why. But you saying it is just validation to me that I need to start checking my phone for deltas. Because I think quantumly and if time falls away like I don't know how real time and space are and so if none of that stuff is real I think you're leaving messages for yourself all the time even when you're not aware you're doing it I think you're trying to tell yourself the answers to the next step all the time but we're not being specific so if we were mages a thousand years ago and we had a crystal ball or a magic mirror or a scribe in our hand, we're a mages a thousand years right now and we do have all those things and it's our iPhone. So just a way to think about it. How magic do you want to play? <laughs> how magic do you want to be? You are the synchronicity. You are the algorithm. And there's another Project Cheney shirt. So now I have 30 3.2 shirts, 32.2 shirts that I've made. Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> um, are humans the perfect filter? Can you put any garbage inside the human body and it will come out salt or gold or other kind of fine materials, etc.? Incinerated humans? This is what I wrote to myself. I was shooting around the idea in a chat room with the cozy crone this week, or it was last week or the week before, but you know how my notes are. And we were talking about the fattening up of society and how if they told us fuel came from dinosaurs, but we know in our lifetimes that they actually hunt whales for blubber because they would put the blubber in oil and put it in lamps. <clears throat> so... Could humans be oil? Could they be fattening up a society just to make like walrus blubber to heat something that we don't know about? This is a huge concept, but I mean, what's the big goal of making the world so fat? And then we were thinking of all the compounds and chemicals that humans actually are. 
and people talk about spiritual alchemy or in the Rumpelstiltskin way, like, can you turn this hay into gold? Can a human filter things through? Could you put unprecious metals in a human and does it come through, come out better? Like if you burnt certain humans and big fat humans all in a big incinerator and they all cook down to the oils that they are, will the precious metals, we do have, you know, this idea, they say stardust, but we do have these chemical compounds that are 47 and, you know, like that are silver, that are gold, that are this stuff in us that if it burns away and goes off into the atmosphere, then does it eventually rain down into the riverbeds and then it would all gather in deposits and then we would drudge those deposits? Would it be gold? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying. This is a weird idea and it's not fully put together yet. It's not fully put together the same as I don't believe that any pyramids they call our great pyramid are that great. I don't believe any granyan, any canyon they call grand is actually grand. We should probably call it the grand, the grand drudge and the not so good pyramids. <laughs> if history is a lie, why do we keep calling these things these things? Have you guys ever seen the movie or film Free Solo? I have kind of, I mean, when I first saw about this climber, um, I was kind of obsessed with him. I watched a show maybe like a decade ago. His name is uh, Alex uh, Honold, I think is his name. And I saw a documentary about a bunch of climbers and, you know, some of them climbed different peaks around the world, ladies and men, um, you know, like kind of the whole ritual and journey of what it meant to be a rock climber. But there's this one dude specifically and his name's Alex and he does free climbing. So he doesn't rope up or he doesn't uh, use any kind of safety. It's just his hands and his feet in these rock faces. And sometimes in life, I think we all have these rock faces that we're kind of overcoming. And Alex's philosophy is that the ropes make him not perfect. The ropes, him knowing that the rope is there, means he just won't put his grip how it needs to be put. He won't be as precise because he knows the rope is always holding him to the mountain. So if he doesn't have the rope at all, he knows he's going to do the perfect climb. And somewhere I think we learn this helplessness from different energies in our lives, different tools that we use to get through every day. And I like Alex's philosophy of if the day you die is really written in stone, then every day in between, you should be living your life to the fullest. You should be climbing the mountains without a rope, whatever that means to you. Because if the only thing we're really scared of is death, and that date is a contract written in the stars, the same way as the first breath you took here, then maybe there's something beautiful 
about the idea of doing it all without a rope. I don't know. This episode will probably be called Free Solo. That's how I feel sometimes when I get on mic with you guys. And since I've stopped deleting all my words and just letting what's meant to be will be, I feel like I'm doing this without a rope. And I'm not worried about messing up or about falling. I'm just going to reach my hand up the rock face and feel around. And my fingers will slowly grip in. My hand will slowly become firm. And my arm muscles will slowly tighten. And I'll pull myself up to the next part. I don't know. There's something kind of beautiful about it. If you guys haven't seen this movie, I highly suggest it. Okay, what else do I have on this list? Okay. What is the last thing? I bounced all over the place. I told you. I wanted to talk about the Chaz versus the insurrection a little, but boring, boring. Um, I do think it's funny how that stuff happened in like Seattle. And nothing else is said about it. Like people were murdered there and raped there and all this shit and nothing else is said. And we're still having a whole Congress boo for the insurrection that Trump and Bannon and people may or may not come and see. Will the world be watching if Trump takes the stand? I can't take the movie anymore. I won't talk to you about that. Um, I got some pretty special gifts, you guys. For the start of my scorpion season, I do want to give a shout out um, to Calisoma sent me uh, the secret teachings of all ages. And it's a copy I can, I don't know, did I talk about that at the beginning of this now? I feel like I might have. If I did, I apologize. I'm saying it again. Thank you so much. I love it. And I'm so excited to have a copy of Manly P. Hall's The Secret Teachings of All Ages that I can take with me everywhere. So thank you for sending me that again, Kalasoma. I am appreciative. And I also got a gummy bear with rabbit ears. I don't know if that's from you or not. It did not have a name in the box. So whoever sent me the big, enormous gummy bear with rabbit ears I'm really appreciative of that too I have not eaten it yet it's almost too cute to eat I should take a picture and put it in my chat um so the last thing I wanted to talk about today and hopefully uh, my head will run somewhere else because it does seem kind of heavy I don't feel heavy when I say it um but I have the expectation of grief written down and I think grief is a really important emotion and it's a very hard emotion and it's an emotion that I feel like we have this cup of grief and we have to get rid of it regardless it doesn't matter how we want to numb it up it doesn't matter how much time passes it doesn't matter what drugs we want to do or what other things we want to fill to ignore it the grief is going to come out this cup eventually has to get poured it's how we decide to pour it out And sometimes I think we have expectations of grief on ourselves and on the people around us and how they should react in the moments of somebody dying. And when, if you know somebody that lost a spouse and um, it seems like maybe they moved on too quick, 
to another spouse and we put that judgment on them like, oh my gosh, their husband just died blank amount of time ago. How could they have a boyfriend already? Oh my gosh, it's been 20 years since her husband passed and she's never going to be with anyone again. What one's right? I feel like we judge other people all the time for distance between when they're allowed to do the thing. And we put that on them, but we also really harshly judge ourselves and feel like an asshole with our grief. And a hard part is when somebody dies and none of us are perfect people. And when a not perfect person dies and everybody around you makes them a saint. And you know that motherfucker wasn't a saint. They were human as all of us. But now we're not allowed to say these things because they're dead and you have to respect the dead. And so then there becomes a guilt that you internalize and you feel like an asshole for thinking that person was an asshole when they were alive. The expectation of grief is tricky, tricky, tricky. And you're allowed to feel the things. And just because somebody dies, it doesn't make them a friggin' saint any more than just because they were a cop or just because they were a soldier. You're allowed to feel what you need to feel. And you're allowed to say the things you need to say. Now, you have to be responsible with who you say those things to. And if you're lucky enough to have a great chat room or good friends, sometimes it's better to say those things to them instead of your family or with kids around. Because sometimes when we're rehashing out these ideas and just going through our thoughts and our emotions, kids don't realize that that stuff isn't, sometimes we just say things that we don't mean. Or sometimes we just have outbursts of anger, outbursts of fear, outbursts of sadness, but it doesn't mean who we are. And it could really traumatize a kid without explanation. So I just think go easy on yourselves with grief and go easy on others with it. It's weird times out there. It is weird times. I know young people passing away from the vaccine and it is insane to think we're here and that we've been doing this dance together now for what feels like an eternity but at the same time it feels like two weeks and sometimes I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel of my words like oh how many times am I gonna say the same thing over and over again turn your phone to the side no I'm just kidding <laughs> maybe that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna just put on a mustache and mock Andrew Schultz for on my TikTok <laughs> and do turn your phone to the side hey Andrew Schultz are you the tallest Jew in New York or is it just me <laughs> uh, Cheney's anti-semitic you guys Cheney's anti-semitic Cheney's an, a fascist anti-semitic oh my gosh real life hashtag real life <laughs> okay I think I've uh, done it make sure you hit the like and make sure you hit the like and subscribe everywhere I do hope you guys have a happy happy Halloween I hope your eclipse your partial solar eclipse was extra magical and if you feel like leaving me a five-star review or hitting me up anywhere or adding me as a friend, I would love it. And so, 
thank you for hanging out on this episode of Project Cheney. Maybe I will see you guys before the elections. Oh my God, are we going to talk about the elections? Cheney, what do you think about the Santa's and Trump? Do you think they're fighting? Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I don't know. Maybe I'll be back and we'll talk about it. I'll have to... Uh, leave you there daddy versus daddy <laughs> just kidding just kidding I don't want to trigger you guys right at the end with calling DeSantis daddy or Trump daddy it makes some people's pussies tighten up <laughs> oh shit it's Scorpio season <laughs> I should get off now bye bye so she has been training and now she's off to smoke a blunt see you next tuesday yes yes